0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Metro Transit wants to improve its bus system, and it wants input from those of us who use that system. Metro has been working on a massive bus improvement plan and has come up with a preliminary proposal to make the system more efficient and rider-friendly. It's conducting informational meetings and public hearings to advance the plan. Here to tell us more is Jessica Mefford miller Metro's Assistant Executive Director for Transit Planning and System Development. She designed the plan. Jessica, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks for having us. Good afternoon.
0: Where are you in this whole process right now?
1: Well, we are about one year into an 18-month process. We began a year ago. Really doing an in-depth analysis of our existing operations, looking at ridership at a very detailed level, Mm. how many people are riding at each corridor and stop throughout the course of the day. We have been doing a great deal of research looking at industry best practices. A lot is changing in public mobility. There are new technology options and new types of mobility that are in the marketplace today that we didn't have, say, 10 years ago. Mm. And then we took the results of that analysis to the public in the fall of 2017, and we asked for input on preferences for types of mobility, what people would like to see out of their metro transit system that they don't have today. And over the last several months, we've taken that information, and we've crafted a draft of a new vision for the metro transit system, focusing on the service area that we serve with Metrobus today here in Missouri, in the city of St. Louis, in St. Louis County. S- sounds
0: pretty extensive. It is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's quite comprehensive. Yeah. Well, you're, you're putting it before the public now, but it sounds like the, the, the work has been done. Is there really an opportunity for a significant change in the work that you've done so far?
1: Certainly, Don. It's, this is an iterative process, We asked for broad feedback last year, and we have to come up with a draft plan that specifically lays out routes and frequencies and service types. And we have revised that several different times and come up with a cost because we want to ensure that the plan we're presenting to the public is something that we can sustain within our existing financial resources. And we're receiving feedback throughout the month of April and into early May, and we will make revisions to that plan. There are some new service concepts and some important trade offs that we want the public to consider. And we'll take that information and go back and probably put some service in places where we have proposed eliminating or replacing it with a different mobility option Mm -hmm. and even adjust service frequencies and things like that.
0: Well, we'll certainly talk about some of the things that you have in mind, but you mentioned the word cost. And whenever something like this is done, people suspect that it's going to cost a lot. Taxes will go up, fares will go up, that sort of thing.
1: So, Don, Metro Reimagine Plan is intended to be supported within Metro's existing resources. This type of work is something that large systems like ours really need to do every five to ten years to ensure that the service we provide is really reflective of where people are traveling and what they need. What
0: would be the most dramatic change as proposed at this moment?
1: So... Don, the biggest change is that we're proposing to create a network of what we're calling enhanced frequent service. This is a collection of 12 routes that serve the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County that would operate at least every 15 minutes. Today, most of the routes are operating between 20 and 60 minute frequencies, mm. so the time between buses. And service frequency is the number one request of our customers. And that's true if you're a transit customer in St. Louis or elsewhere in the country. And so we have tried to to create routes that are more direct, that have fewer deviations, and we're reinvesting those resources into service frequency. So those 15-minute routes would be supplemented by a large network of supporting local routes, most of which would operate every 30 minutes.
0: These are your busiest routes, would I assume?
1: They certainly are. That collection of twelve routes today carries over half of our average daily metro bus ridership. Mm-hmm.
0: In the meetings that you've had with the public so far, uh, since your plan w- was proposed, uh, have you heard anything that would make you, at this point, change anything that you've done before?
1: Certainly. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we have heard about some of the the trade offs that we have proposed between route frequency and spacing. So, if we want to have within the same budget more frequent service in the communities we serve, then we may have to eliminate a route segment or a deviation on a route so that we can reinvest those resources. And we're looking Mm -hmm. at ridership, but we also need to hear from the community about how palatable that option is. Can you walk the four blocks to get to that route that now would serve you every 15 minutes Mm -hmm. where you used to have to wait every 30 minutes? Uh,
0: Something we have to acknowledge is that some routes would be lost.
1: Some routes would be lost. Most of the routes, Don, would change in in configuration, so we would still cover the majority of the streets that we do today, but some not.
0: You're turning to uh, today's technology, too, to to help this process.
1: We are. You know, uh, the thing about transit is fixed-route transit. That's where you have a regularly scheduled trip and a bus, typically about 40 feet long. Works very well when we have a lot of people traveling at similar times. But here in the St. Louis region, and this is true in other markets as well, we've got places where that kind of service just isn't productive. Mm -hmm. And the marketplace today includes options that are responsive to consumers that you can hail, with a telephone call or a mobile application and carry people when they need to travel rather than cycling that route on a predictable schedule. And that's going to be especially helpful in the markets where the service today just isn't cost effective.
0: Well, you're talking also, I believe, about uh, bus service on demand. Is that a a way that I could put that that makes sense?
1: Yeah, mobility on demand. Mobility? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Does that not uh, require the purchase of new equipment?
1: So it could require the purchase of new equipment, Don. And the Metro Fleet today includes about 400 buses. We also have 122 vans that we Mm -hmm. use for paratransit service. We could also subcontract the service with other operators, especially in those markets where we're doing relatively fewer trips per day. Mm -hmm. And there's a great deal of variation in demand across our system, Don. On an average day, we have routes that are carrying a couple of hundred people, and we have routes that are carrying over 7,000 people. So, definitely different levels of service and vehicles required. How
0: many people do you move each day?
1: Well, on a typical weekday, we're carrying about 76,000 passenger boardings on Metrobus.
0: How, how many? Give me that.
1: 76,000. 76,000.
0: We have a, uh, a, a uh, an email here from Nancy who is was a resident of Kirkwood, and she writes, I have wondered for years why Metro has never replaced large buses that are mostly empty during known low ridership hours in West County with smaller jitneys. I guess that's what you're talking about. Partially well, at least.
1: Well, sort of. So we wouldn't change the vehicle that operates on a given route throughout the course of the day. The vehicles typically pull out in the morning and don't come back until late mm-hmm. into the evening. And so we will define different vehicle types or sizes by route. And some of those routes will begin to include smaller vehicles, mm-hmm. to Nancy's question.
0: While uh, we deal with Nancy, I'll point out that uh, we'd like to have your input, folks. If you're a bus rider and have questions about service and things you'd like to see, this would be a good time to call and talk with Jessica. 382-8255 is our number. That's 382-TALK. You can send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org or send us a tweet at STL on Air. So what else is going? What haven't we mentioned that uh, would be totally new to the uh, system?
1: You know, I think an important feature of the plan to consider, Don, is that this is a draft proposal. We would begin to roll out some of the investments in 2019. A lot of them would happen at once. Others would require time. For instance, acquiring those additional vehicles will take a little bit of time. So as we look to replace that 400-vehicle fleet, we'll begin seeing some smaller buses, but we're also going to be rolling out electric buses in 2019. Today, all of our buses are diesel-powered, mm-hmm. so that's a big change for the Metro Transit system.
0: We had the sustainability director from the City of St. Louis on the program that's yesterday, right. and she will be very, very happy to hear that, that's because right. that's a big part of the overall plan, needless to say. Uh, another tweet here. Uh, Doug asks, does Metro have plans to fulfill the needs of SLU, WashU, and Uh, St. Louis Community College Merrimack students that use the 58X every weekday, getting between school and Southwest County after voting for a tax increase to bring back the route.
1: Sure. So Doug asks about the 58X Twin Mm -hmm. Oaks Express, and that is a limited stop route that connects south and west St. Louis County. To downtown St. Louis. That's something that we had proposed eliminating in the Metro Reimagined Plan. We've received a lot of feedback over the last week. I expect Mm -hmm. that will continue over the course of the next month. So I think that we will end up with a route that serves most of the market covered by the 58X -hmm. today. We might make some adjustments to it to make (laughs) it more cost effective. But you asked earlier, will there actually be any changes? Yes, and I think the 58X market is a place that we're looking to fill in.
0: Do you find more people are utilizing Metro Transit, Metro Bus, MetroLink uh, these days.
1: Well, Don, our ridership has actually declined over oh. the last oh. four. It surprises th- me. Yeah, it has declined over the last four years, which is one of the mm-hmm. reasons we need to take a fresh look at our system and make some changes to ensure that we're providing service that meets the needs of our customers and provides a quality, fast ride. And we hope that the plan that we're delivering through Metro Reimagine does just that. Our our goals are to increase our ridership our cost effectiveness, and also to improve the customer experience.
0: I've got to take a break. We'll do that now. We're talking with Jessica Mefford-Miller, who is with uh, Metro Transit. We're talking about the plan that is being worked on right now, even as we speak, to improve bus service in the city of St. Louis. Back to continue this conversation in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. And welcome back to our conversation with Jessica Mefford-Miller. We're talking about bus transportation in the city of St. Louis, and Metro Transit is taking a good, long, hard look now at uh, bus transportation in St. Louis and trying to make it better. Uh, Jessica, you said that the question you get most frequently is the question of frequency.
1: That's right, Don. Yeah. Go ahead, so serv- service frequency is, is the number one factor that drives travel time. And on many of the routes in our market today, we just don't have frequent service. We really only have that 15-minute or better service today on one bus route, the 70 grand, and our Metrolink system, of course. And so we've proposed this frequent network, which, as I mentioned, would serve over half of our existing customers today, but is also within reach of 35% of the residents in our service area and about 43% of jobs. So we think that this does a good job of serving those people. And then we have designed those local routes to create connections with our frequent networks, whether that's at transit centers or Metrolink stations. And we've also proposed something we're calling community mobility hubs. Those would be at major transfer locations on streets, especially between frequent routes or between local routes and frequent routes. We will be working with our partners to create Pedestrian infrastructure and amenities like benches, shelters, improved pedestrian environments to create little mini hubs throughout our network, and that's very important. That's another thing that we've heard from our customers when we did our engagement in the fall of 2017. They want more benches, more shelters. They want their trip more comfortable. They want to feel safer, and they want that frequent service. And, and
0: all of this is done without any increase in fares or, or taxes.
1: So the operating budget is yeah. neutral. This is a cost-neutral plan. So there there are some trade-offs, and that. That's the conversation we want to have with the public over the course of the next month.
0: How do you go about, uh, you know, figuring out a system like this and figuring out what you should do? Aside from the, I know the public input is important, but you have to start before that point, I would assume.
1: Sure. Yeah. So we're looking within each route, really at each route segment, and looking at ridership and volume throughout the course of the day, and then connecting those segments into viable routes looking at destinations, employment, population, and trying to create the network that has a service level that meets the needs of each of mm-hmm. those markets. And then we've gone through several iterations behind the scenes to ensure that that service package that we're proposing meets the needs of our budget. So the plan that we're proposing, Don, a lot of the routes look different.
0: Mm. Well, I would think so, given all that's gone on so far. Yeah. What, what about the, uh, the public input that lies ahead? Y- you've already had a couple of... What, informational meetings or public hearings?
1: Yeah, we're, we've, we've had already a few public open house sessions, and we've got public meetings scheduled from April 3rd through April 19th, and you can find this complete schedule on our website at metrostlewis.org forward slash reimagined. And so we're talking with customers one-on-one, working through the plan, identifying the places they travel most often, and looking at what the new network would offer for them and, and taking feedback on their reaction, whether that's positive or negative.
0: And then, as you indicated earlier, it'll be a period of months uh, to digest all of this and then
1: move forward. That's true. We'll finalize the plan this summer. And in addition to the public meetings done, we're also meeting with employers and businesses to try and create focused mobility solutions that would meet the needs of their clients and their employees. Especially in areas we have identified as having that demand responsive service or mobility on demand. Mm-hmm. We've got a number of those markets in the St. Louis region, and we're calling them community mobility hubs. And within that, we're trying to figure out shift times, where people are, where their points of origin are, so that we can determine what those service levels are. Now, this would be new types of service for the St. Louis region, so we'll also be conducting demonstration projects. We anticipate that the demonstration projects would occur beginning in 2018, and then we would begin adjusting our fixed routes or even replacing some of our fixed routes with these uh, community mobility solutions beginning in 2019
0: if you would, elaborate on the demonstration projects. I don't quite understand what that would involve.
1: Sure. So as an example, Don, right now St. Louis is, Metro St. Louis is working with a partner, Downtown Inc., on a mobility-on-demand pilot project in the downtown area. In this service, it uses uh, smaller vehicles called eCab as the operator, and users can hail that by calling or by using a mobile app. Right now, it's a limited. It's just serving weekend evenings and weekday lunchtime periods. So we're looking at how many people are using it. We're getting f- data from them about the customer experience, where people are actually going. And so we'll use pilot projects like that to help us get an understanding of what our needs are in terms of vehicles, how much service level we need, and what the customer reaction to that is.
0: What would we do without the smartphone anymore? I mean, is that-
1: Yeah. And and smartphone would be, you know, it's a a really important tool for hailing this kind of service. I do want to emphasize that any service that Metro provides, either directly or on a contractual basis, would be accessible to individuals who also don't have a smartphone Mm. or a bank account Mm. or individuals who are differently abled. These are all of the considerations that we're weighing as we begin to design those pilot projects. It
0: seems like you've learned something from Uber, for instance, uh, I mean, y- using that technology.
1: Certainly. And you know, Uber and Lyft have entered yeah. our marketplace recently, and, mm. and we are learning from that. I'd say in some markets, we're probably ceding some of our ridership to those platforms. Yeah. The service that we provide would be a little bit different. We would have to guarantee a service level, and our customers would need to know that within a given threshold, they would be picked up. And they'd also be have to be able to access the system without the smartphone.
0: Sure. We have uh, some more people who want to get into this discussion. Let's bring them in. Tony joins us from Wildwood. Uh, Tony, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, good day. Uh, I'd like uh, by state to loosen up on its monopoly so that yeah. school bus companies can think about uh, when they drop the kids off at the school in the morning. They could go down the road to the commuter parking lot and pick folks up and haul them down to a bi-state stop and uh, vice versa in the afternoon type stuff. Uh, They should be able to think about stuff like that, how to use empty school buses. Thank you. Thank you for the call. We ought to get Tony to one of these meetings and uh, come up with the idea there as well.
1: That's right. So, so Tony, um, private entities like the school bus companies are certainly not prohibited from organizing and operating their own mo- mobility solutions. Uh, I don't know that we would have a, an operating contract with school bus companies, which, as you point out, are busiest during the peak periods, which mm-hmm. are our busy times as well. Yeah.
0: Thanks for the call, Tony. We have an email here from Andrea. Who is responsible for cleaning up litter at bus stops? This is a major problem in North County, and most stops do not have a trash can by them.
1: You're right, Andrea. So Metro has over 7,400 bus stops in Missouri and Illinois. Mm -hmm. Outside of our transit centers and Metrolink stations, Metro doesn't provide debris removal, but we understand this is an important concern. In 2016, we launched a program called Adopt-A-Stop, and we are working with communities and individual property owners and businesses to adopt bus stops. We're providing materials, mm. including trash receptacles at those busy stops, as well as supplies like garbage bags, so that our partners can actually help clean up both the bus stops and the pedestrian right-of-way near our bus stops.
0: And they would be acknowledged somehow, I'm sure, they just are, to yeah. show that they're good, uh, good community A- communities. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. You can find out more about Adopt-A-Stop by calling customer service at 314 314- 982-1406.
0: Jessica, when was the last time that uh, this this process was gone through, so, up- upgraded?
1: Yeah. So, Don, we last did a major redesign of the entire Missouri system in 2006 when we opened up the Blue Line Metrolink extension. Mm-hmm. So now here we are 12 years later, and it really is time to take a fresh look. At mobility options. My
0: understanding is that you're going to be doing this on a, on a regular, periodic basis.
1: Yeah, th- this is something that no. agencies like ours should really do every five to ten years. Yep.
0: Back to our tweets and emails. Jacob on Twitter writes, is the thought that linking Metrolink into St. Louis County and train service to Columbia, Jeff City, and KC will generate service? Is that an area that uh, y- you can get into?
1: So that's not an area that we're working no. with, in Don, that intercity high-speed rail As you all know, um, Jacob, we are linked to intercity high-speed rail. Anyway, hopefully soon high-speed rail at our Civic Center Hub, but that's probably not a major driver of MetroLink and MetroBus ridership. We're catering to generally residents and visitors of the St. Louis region.
0: Okay, and we have Megan who writes, How would one start exploring getting a bus shelter? Is that solely up to Metro, or do you collaborate with the municipality? Her stop at Manchester in 141, she says, puts riders just feet from the roadway.
1: That's right, Megan. And so that's something that can be a collaboration between Metro and the municipality. And the contact information would be the same through Metro's customer service team. Metro's working with the communities we serve to create accessible pedestrian rights of way, that means things like sidewalks and curb ramps, bus benches and bus shelters. And that would be the best way to go about that. We're often convening that conversation, but working to leverage our partnerships, especially since we don't actually own that property where our bus stops are located. Oh, you don't? We don't.
0: Uh, Belongs to the city, I guess. Yeah, yeah, typically
1: the city or the county or MoDOT.
0: Uh, David writes uh, on Twitter, would like to know how TrailNet fits into all of this.
1: Sure. So we're actually hosting a joint meeting with with TrailNet next week uh, at the St. Louis Public Library on Tuesday, April 17th from 4 to 7. Good question. Um, Metro's looking at a range of what we're calling last mile solutions to using transit. Transit customers are also pedestrians and they're also cyclists. And so the array of options that we aim to connect with include the community mobility solutions we've discussed on, but also biking and walking. We're working through bi-state development in the city of St. Louis on a bike share program that would also expand the reach of the Metro bus and the Metrolink system. And we're also working with TrailNet to create more connections at our stations. We'll soon open the Cortex Metrolink station this summer, and that will be a joint project that includes TrailNet.
0: There might be an obvious answer to this question, but who is a typical bus rider?
1: You know, Don, I don't think there is a typical <laughs> bus rider. you know we're we're carrying people for a variety of trip purposes. Most of our customers are traveling to work on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. but we also have a very large student population. Metro has universal pass programs now with six of our regional colleges and universities, so we have a lot of young people using the system. Uh, but beyond that, we also have residents of the St. Louis region who are using Metro to access special events and entertainment and recreation. Now
0: that, that's why I was surprised to hear you say that ridership is actually down a little bit because it's my sense that more and more people are using public transportation, the millennial population in particular.
1: The millennial population is using more public transportation, yeah. Don. That's true, and, and we have seen variations in our ridership base over time, but overall our ridership levels are declining. So that's a signal that we need to do some changes.
0: Anything else you want to add? Our time is winding down. And there's another important point you want to make. Now's the time to do it.
1: Well, I want to encourage our listeners to check out the project at metrostlewis.org forward slash reimagined. You can find all of the details there, and you can also attend one of our open house sessions, which run through April 19th. And we're accepting public input through the first week of May on this draft plan. We look forward to working behind the scenes to incorporate that feedback and share a revised version this summer.
0: Jessica, we'll put all that information on our website at stlpublicradio.org. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, good to hear that uh, so much is happening with uh, Metro Bus.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Don.
0: Thank you. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash air. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Alex Hoyer, Evie Hemphill, and Lara Hamden, with production assistance from Aaron Doerr and Charlie McDonald. The executive producer is Mary Edwards. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh.